Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking on the NPR Books newsletter about the impact of uh, book awards, which, by the way, if you don't subscribe, you should. You know, we have a fun time over there. Uh, it's at uh, npr.org slash newsletter slash books. But anyway, we were talking about whether or not an award impacts whether you actually go out and buy the book. But it's interesting to consider the other side of the equation. So Paul Lynch recently won the Booker Prize for his book, Profit Song. And when he went on stage to accept the award, he said something like, phew, there goes my hard-won anonymity. And he says it like it's a joke. But after listening to today's interview, I'm not sure how much of a joke it was. Because NPR Scott Simon asks him about being a Booker Prize winner and how that means he's one of the most important writers in the world today. And you can tell by his answer that it's starting to weigh on him quite a bit. That's in a minute. This message comes from NPR sponsor LiveRight, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, treachery, and survival at the edge of the world by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. Paul Lynch's novel, Prophet Song, has just won the 2023 Booker Prize a few weeks ago. It's set in modern Dublin, and there is an unnamed pandemic, an unspecified national emergency, when one night Eilish, a biologist for a biotech company and mother of four, answers a knock at the door. Two police officers are looking for her husband, Larry, a leader in the teachers' union. They say it's nothing to worry about. But soon Eilish finds herself in a world in which loved ones go missing. Co-workers are led away. People turn on water taps to avoid being overheard. And church bells ring out. But there seems to be no mercy. Paul Lynch joins us from Dublin. Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, certainly congratulations on winning the Booker. Thank you, Scott. It's a great pleasure to be here with you. Did you set out to write a story set in Syria? It's funny. My editor, Juliet, maybe at One World has given out to me for having, she says, you, you've produced at least three origin stories for this book. And I've laughed because the truth is, is you, you just don't know. Like there, there's so many things that nucleate around sort of core ideas in your subconscious. But the modern world was leaking in. And, you know, the, the book is set in Dublin, though. It's it's a dream of a modern Ireland. It's it's a sort of, maybe it's a counterfactual Ireland. Perhaps it's set in the future. I don't specify that. And there's a reason why I don't specify. There's a, there's, I'm allowing a space for the reader to sort of occupy where I'm not identifying the background politics. That's completely besides the point. I'm paying attention to the sort of the beating heart of the moment, the, the sort of personal cost of events. I'm watching Eilish. I'm seeing how she responds to something that I don't think has been properly articulated before in fiction, um, or at least not in the way that I'm interested in. I think of, of, of a great work like The Iliad and where the foregrounds, the politics, the foregrounds, the heroics. And I wondered if, what if you turn that inside out? You'd be left with people like Eilish Stack in Prophet Song, the stories that aren't told, that only the novelist can truly reach and take hold of. And that's that's what I want to do in this book when I'm following the exploits of a family trying to stay together, uh, a mother who's trying to navigate a labyrinth, because that's what effectively this is. 
I found myself, and not just because of the similarity in names, I found myself fascinated by Simon, Alicia's father. Suffers from memory loss, but clear right about the future? Yeah, Simon is interesting because what he's losing, because uh, he's sliding into dementia, is also a memory of the past that we might all know now, you know, life in a liberal democracy that's that's beginning to unravel. And Simon has these moments where he's sliding out of reality and then there are these extraordinarily lucid insights where he tells Eilish, you need to leave. And this is one of the big questions of the book is how do you know when to leave? And the problem that Eilish encounters is, well, leaving is the hardest thing in the world when you are completely entangled in life. And this is what the book's exploring, how truly enmeshed we are. And I suppose I learned in writing this book that what we are, are our entanglements, our identities are our career, our children, our relatives, the place in which we grow up. And that to, to be forced to leave those things, they have to be unplugged one by one by one by one until you've got nothing left. And then, then you will be shunted out. You have written that you worry, you wonder about if novels can be important anymore, if they can capture our attention the way so many other media, I hate to use the word platform, but there you go, um, yeah. can be. What do you feel about the power of a novel now? I think that we all know, all of us, that our attention has been atomized by the times that we live in, by the sort of the tyranny of the now, the sense of bombardment of of social media, of our bleeping phones. And then, of course, there's just the spectacle of modern life. There's the television. We watch the news. And I think we become completely inured to it. And we have to be inured to it because otherwise we wouldn't be able to get out of bed in the morning. And yet what we're watching has great import and it's very difficult to connect with what we're seeing. And so I, do, I wondered about that. I wondered about how can fiction work its way around our defenses so that not sympathy but empathy becomes possible. And I say this with a caveat that I'm not interested as a novelist in bringing a message to the world. I'm not interested in being a writer who has a political message because I just think that would be so limited. I think true complexity requires us a myriad number of lenses. I say all that and at the same time, I think this book carries moral weight. It arrives at a place of moral weight. And I do seek to bypass these self-defenses. And, and, and the, the novel used to have this whisper in the ear. It, it, was, it was at the center of the culture and it didn't have to fight so hard to be heard. This is just my own small way. I'm just a guy in Dublin. I'm just a guy working in, in, in his house in Dublin. Well, but a guy who's just won the booker, which immediately makes you, I don't have to tell you, one of the most significant novelists in the world, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I'm finding myself sort of plucked and placed onto the world stage. Um, you're probably approaching the 60th interview since I've won this prize, and I'm I'm burning out, <laughs> Scott. There's so little left of me at this point, and it's only the start of it from, from what I gather. Um, and it's an interesting thing for you to have to happen. Um, I, you know, in Irish literature, it's a tremendous thing. I'm the sixth Irish writer to win this prize. And so there, there comes with it a role, I suppose, within the culture here. And that's a role I'm willing to meet because it's an honor to win such an extraordinary prize. How many of us who've, among the 60 who've interviewed you have asked, what do we do now? Nobody. 
What are we doing there? <laughs> Can I well, recommend silence? We just sit in silence. I think silence is the solution to the to the moment we're in. I'm trying to grab as many moments as, of silence as I can at the moment. Um, I'm a meditator. I think the solution to the problem is to actually go inside and to get that, not the whisper in the ear, but the whisper of your own oracle. And it's such a challenge to hear it. And it gets drowned out by the modern world. Go for a hike. Sit down in a chair and turn your phone off. Read a book. Listen to your thoughts. That's what we need to do. Paul Lynch, his new novel, winner of this year's Booker Prize, Prophet Song. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure, Scott. Thank you. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch.